Welcome to the Center for Christian Leadership broadcast. Together we'll explore the crossroads of leadership and Christian living. I'm Dr. Stephen Smith, your host and fellow journeyer on the path that we're on to pursue a purposeful life. In each episode, we'll embark on a transformational journey that discusses the timeless principles of leadership that are grounded and firmly established in the wisdom of God's Word. So whether you're a seasoned leader seeking inspiration or someone navigating the challenges of everyday life, this broadcast will act as a compass for navigating the intricate dance between leadership excellence and a life that models the greatest leader, Jesus Christ. Join me and our guests as we unpack profound insights, share inspiring stories, and embark on a quest to lead with purpose in every aspect of our lives. This is more than a broadcast, it's a community committed to elevating Christian leadership while embracing the transformational power of the principles God has established. So let's dive in together and discover the extraordinary potential that emerges when leadership and Christian living converge. Hi, my name is Stephen Smith and I believe that I have a word from God for you today. And that word is gardener. That's right. What we wanna do is we wanna take a look at that word gardener and how when Jesus rose from the dead, Mary recognized him first as the gardener. You probably say to yourself, okay, Steve, that's pretty interesting. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm going to the next video, but wait, I want you to see this. This is extraordinarily important because I had not recognized this until just recently. Why did Mary confuse Jesus for the gardener? Maybe that was God's intent so that we could see a, a greater picture here in what Christ has fully accomplished as the gardener in our lives. Take a look at this. This is John 20, 15. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. So we see that she confused him for the gardener. Okay, no big deal, right? But just a second, there's more to it. When Jesus speaks directly to her, she says, oh my gosh, he knows my name. This isn't the gardener, this is Jesus Christ. She did not recognize Jesus Christ because he was in his risen glorious form and it's different than the physical representation that she had recognized him as before. He wasn't marred, he didn't have blood all over him, he wasn't scarred up, he wasn't, it wasn't as if he had just come down off of the cross, yet he had just come down off of the cross. But Mary didn't recognize him. Check this out. Jesus says, Mary. She turned to him and she cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. She recognized him at this point because he used her name. What happens when Jesus uses your name? He says, hey, Stephen, listen to me, pay attention, focus on me. Let's get our act together. Let's take a look at this. But it's even bigger than that. Check this out. John 20, 17 says, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go and find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Did you catch that? There's a certain word here that I didn't recognize and I didn't see until yesterday when I was reading this. Check this out. It says, go and tell my brothers that I'm ascending to my Father and to your God and my God. I mean, he's calling them brothers now. They're no longer apostles. They're no longer disciples. They're no longer students. They are, they're not even friends. They're brothers. Jesus is now calling them as brothers. Why would he do that? Why would he say, wait a second, these are my brothers? Because he was there in human form as, check this out, the second Adam. Okay, Steve, where did you go? Where did you get that one from? Let's take a look and see. Genesis 2.15, check what God did with Adam when he first created him. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Guess what Adam was? Adam was the first gardener. Think that's kind of important? I do, 
because Jesus is recognized as a gardener as well. He was considered the second Adam by Paul. If he's the second Adam, he's also the second gardener. What Jesus Christ purchased for us on the cross is this, that he has placed the garden in our hands. He is tending the garden that we were told that we had to take care of. If he is the gardener in our lives, then everything is pruned, everything is taken care of, the fruit that's produced there is ours. We can take that as a gift that he's, he's done for us. All the hard work is done. All the heavy lifting is done. Jesus Christ himself has done this for us. You got to get excited about this. He was not only the second Adam, but he was also the second gardener. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 tells us this. The scriptures tell us that the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. You see, Jesus Christ himself has given us life. He has given us the opportunity to be able to get to know the Father. He's taken away the sins. He's given us all these revelations. He's made it possible for the Spirit of God himself to come into us and change us, transform us, make us whole and complete, and put us in a position where now I can have a relationship with God himself. Isn't that what the second gardener would have done for us anyway? 1 Corinthians 15, 47 through 49 says, Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Someday, we're going to be like Jesus Christ. That should be our ultimate goal. And in fact, Paul tells us to model our lives after Christ himself. Doesn't mean that you're going to die for anybody's sins. It doesn't mean that you are absolutely perfect. Doesn't mean that you're God. What it does mean is that I have a perfect person to emulate. And if I can try and become more and more like Jesus, then isn't that what God's ultimate intention is? 1 Corinthians 15:55 says, Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? It's gone. This is all a result of the second Adam coming and taking away our sins. First one gave us sin, the second one took it away. First one got us kicked out of the garden, the second one placed us in the garden. Jesus Christ has done everything that we need to do. Why not accept him as your Lord and Savior? He'll make all the difference to you in the world. Based on these things, this is the word that I believe the Lord's given to me for you today. My son has freed you from the curse of death that Adam, the first man, has pronounced on you. Why not take this opportunity to go out and be that miracle going someplace to happen? Why not take these gifts that God himself has blessed you with, make a difference in your life, in the lives of others? Take this gift, follow that gardener to the place that he has prepared for you. Thank you for joining us today. Our journey together facilitated a look through the lens of Christian faith. Together we discovered a special word from God that we believe will grant our spiritual needs if we allow it to. We encourage you to add this broadcast to your subscription. Share it with others whose lives will also be transformed. Let's build a community of fellow believers dedicated to following in the footsteps of our servant-hearted Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of this broadcast. And until our next episode, go forth in the challenges that you face equipped with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Blessing to you on this transformational journey. I'll be with you to the end.